right, welcome back. This is another episode of Arcane Liberation Radio. I am your host, Chad Kilgore, and I also have Remy Vega with me as always. And um, today we're going to be talking about authority, you know, from religion to the state to institutions to scientism. We plan on covering it all, but probably focus more on um, the religion of statism. But um, today I want to kick it off with a few quotes, which I thought were fantastic. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and uh, I happened to actually see it again today. But here it goes. It's a quote by Gerald Massey, who's an Egyptologist. Um, He also spoke on kind of the origins of religion, things like that. They must find it difficult, those who have taken authority as truth rather than truth as authority. And that kind of reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, which is, we must make truth our religion rather than trying to make our religion truth. Because so many people just see through the worldview lens of how can I, you know, they accept information or reject information based on if it fits into their worldview if it fits into whatever particular religion that is and i'm not just talking about an abrahamic religion whether it fits into you know um you know their scientific scientific views or their um just different just different ideas in their worldview they base their information base their input of information whether they're um whether it's in alignment with their worldview basically it's based on comfort rather than if it's truth And I also wanted to read one more. This one is uh, by Gandhi. You assist an evil system most effectively by obeying its orders and decrees. An evil system never deserves such allegiance. Allegiance to it means partaking of the evil. A good person will resist an evil system with his or her whole soul. And that's one of my favorites. I uh, totally am in alignment with that. A good person will resist an evil system with his or her whole soul. I'm about that, man. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, you know, it's not just like a physical thing. Like, you know, it's like I reject this tyranny on a soul level. And um, so that one really resonated with me. And I wanted to share that to um, to the people listening. So anyways, I am going to kick it off to uh, Remy here, and he's going to break down some etymology of the word authority, um, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, I think that uh, Gandhi quote, um, when kind of understanding the depth of what, um, you know, bringing into question the legitimacy of an evil system, like what that really entails, like if it if it goes to your whole soul if 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 you're taking it from that level then you have to really then ask well what's an evil system to begin with you know and that's like that that it's like identifying and 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 really determining what is an evil system like what what are the, what's the defining characteristic of an evil evil system so um I think that there's a lot of, a lot of people recognize, oh, this is tyrannical or this is a a bad, you know, an evil, the system is broken. You hear people say that all the time, but um, which I think is like a pretty self-evident recognition that occurs. But I think that um, the specifics aren't usually left out. So a, a lot of times people say it's an evil system. It's broken to its core. And it's like, 
It definitely is. Now, then um, what's often left out is what is its core? What is the core and fundamental claim that the entirety of an evil system rests upon? And it's, um, it's something as simple as, as the idea of, of external authority. And, and, and now what does that mean? So the concept of, of, of external authority or authority as, um, you know, enforced by those other than oneself upon oneself is, is that I think is the, uh, the fundamental, um, I would say dynamic that an evil system rests upon. Um, and it, the claim regarding that concept of authority is that, that this external, you know, institution organization, um, or single person has, um, a legitimate right to enact force or violence. Um, so coercion or violence and that the person that is being demanded by that person who's claiming this authority must then, uh, obey. They have an obligation to obey and any, any dynamic, no matter how, how many people on one side or how many people on the other side, um, of that dynamic, no matter the, the quantity that actual, and we touched upon this in the last one, that actual claim itself it, on its face is, is, is there's no, there's nothing proof, proving its legitimacy. Um, so the evil system an evil system rests upon that. It rests upon the idea that there are, are beings that can, um, that can demand other beings to do certain things, otherwise be punished. And um, that's this simple core of the problem right there. So I don't think that there's many people who recognize that, that it's actually as clear as that. It's, it's as clear as every system that uses that is, is an evil system. And that takes you taking complete ownership of your soul, of your spirit, of your actions, your thoughts, your words, and your consequences, and recognizing that that is ultimately where the authority lies. You have to be responsible for all of those things. And any, any type of um, external, um, you know, externalizing and um, perceivably releasing culpability from um, those specific dynamics within oneself any externalization of that is an automatic you're already you're already at an imbalance and you're already beginning to um experience a form of decay um so that that's really what we're trying to i mean that kind of sums it up really but now there's a lot of questions that come up after that and so hopefully we can address like a lot of the common ones um, of course, we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but that is really the heart of the issue where we're, t we're looking at um, that people have made obedience um, is ha has basically obedience has replaced has replaced um, the personal responsibility to determine moral value of actions and um, recognizing what is right or wrong is very much so synonymous with recognizing that which is true or false. So um, I, I think that, you know, that's the table of contents for today. You know, that, that, that basic idea, we're, we're here to talk about how the concept of, of authority is, is a, it's a fallacy. It's a complete, it's a complete absurdity. Yeah, man. And, um, you were talking about responsibility and really what, you know, they don't want us to have responsibility. They want to abdicate our responsibility to them. And so if we are not responsible for ourselves, you know, daddy government is, or mommy government, depending on which side of the political fence you might swing, 
swing on. Um, you know, if we abdicate our responsibility to the government, then we're abdicating, you know, our recognition of natural law because now we don't have the right to use force, you know, because the state has monopolized that right. And they are the ones that have the right to use force, you know, and, and so then we don't have recognition of natural law that, um, that we can align ourselves with and, you know, be in harmony with nature. So then it fucks up the whole thing. You know, whenever, whenever you start giving away your responsibility, I mean, not only do we, um, become psychological children at, um, as grown adults, but, um, we get more chaos in our society and that's, um, exactly what these people want. Yeah. That, um, once you've given up that perceivably, cause they, they've convinced you to act in such a fashion, but once you've given up that, that, that ability or that belief, you've given up a, a, the recognition that you have ownership of your life force of your, your body, your spirit, your soul, once you've given that up, then you are no longer likely to take it upon yourself to defend yourself. That's one thing. And this is an explicit statement that is made by um, governing bodies is that they have the, the monopoly of force and, and in other words, monopoly of violence, which nobody has the right to perform violence. A person has a right to use their, their, their force to def their, their life force, their body to defend themselves and to defend other life that's being aggressed. Um, now, once you introduce this concept of the state into it, then, and, and this isn't just, and I, 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 I posted this yesterday, um, but this isn't just a claim that the critics of of government make. This is actually like a a, a, a political science um, axiom that the state actually has um, a has a monopoly on violence. That they are allowed to use force, um, and they are also to, are allowed to determine who is or is not allowed to use force. Which is why you end up with um, a, you know a self contradictory dynamic within the, within the state function, which is you have law enforcement and military which is the, a branch of, of, sub, of, of, of a subsection of these people who claim the ability to, to have demands over other beings' bodies, mind, um, and uh, emotions, a thought, you know, essentially their, and their consequences, which is a huge part of it, um, that this other subsection of these people now have the ability to use violence and coercion against other beings if they are breaking the demands of of um of the state which again hinges on this idea that there's even legitimacy to it in the first place so um now this this problem here um is is present in every state as far as i've been able to tell i've i've looked at a lot of state self defense statutes and laws and so far every single one of them say that the that that a that a person is not allowed to defend themselves even if unlawfully um, aggressed by an agent of the state. So this idea of, of monopoly of force is actually very contingent upon the, the concept of, of, um, of external authority, specifically within the state and within government, um, within government, government models. Now this, I, this might not apply to, um, you know, religious institutions and specifically, you know, uh, you know, older, religious institutions that have been around for a long time. 
um, there is still a, a there is still that that dynamic of of control, demand, and and then moral obligation to follow, otherwise be punished. Because the the priests oftentimes were the arbiters of of punishment in the physical world for their interpretation of what they think the creator um, would have wanted done to people. Now they were they were specifically entrusted as the priest class generally, um, going all the way back to like you know like Hammurabi's code. It was the state and the and the, you know there was a a very there was a, a big tie between that. Now, this is more so done in theocratic um, governments or theocratic priesthoods or whatever. You, it's kind of like a blending of the two. But the un, again, the underlying the underlying claim remains identical. So it's the idea that these beings have the ability to use like punitive action, um, and it's it's it it rests on a very very weak foundation, and it rests on the idea that you can. Do it, you could do an action that would be considered a wrong and then but because you claim that you're allowed to it then suddenly is modified and turned into a right and now now it's a right action if i do it but not if anybody else does it which, which is, is moral relativism exactly you know yeah. and that's what all these institutions all these governments exist on it's that we can now make up some legislation that makes a wrong a right for them to do you know just and that's what i've always said you know we have um immoral politics immoral politicians making immoral legislation and we wonder why we have an immoral society you know right <laughs> it's because they can make shit up on a whim and say now it's okay you know and you can see how they can create a culture and a society based on what their vision is because they can fucking make up what right and wrong is mm -hmm. it's it's literally claiming a superhuman power it's claiming the ability to transcend morality and and also simultaneously appealing to the concept of justice or morality as their grounds for action. Yeah. That's it's, the, it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a completely like it's a completely schizoid way of thinking. You know, it's a complete it's 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 psychotic. Um, so you have yeah, like you have this, and I think that's really um, it's a it's a big highlight. It's um, recognizing that is you can't really escape that 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 circular reasoning that occurs within within the, the functions of a state um, or an, an authority, you know, a, a branch of authority is that it rests upon the claim oftentimes. So here's one of the, the really common, um, you know, common excuses for there being a state. It's like, well, we need somebody to enact justice. It's like, okay, so you're appealing to the concept of, of, of justice, which is law, right, use, which means right or, or law, or that which is, is correct. Um, so you're, you're ap appealing to this concept of justice, which is really, you can't really separate from that from the idea of, of ethics or morals. So you're appealing to that, but then simultaneously saying that the people who are enforcing it also are primarily the ones who decide what qualifies as a punishable action. And then if they do something that a person who is subject to them um, finds unappealing or finds, you know, unacceptable, then because they are the prime source of justice, so-called, um, then we have to take up any grievance with them. And they also then are determining the outcome of that complaint or grievance. Mm -hmm. So you have here, obviously, a conflict of interest. Um, and it's an inescapable conflict of interest, and it's an inescapable, illogical like um circular reasoning loop it's 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 just 
it's completely weak. It's completely weak and fun founded on, on nonsense. So, um, I really high, yeah. yeah. Highlighting that and, and understanding th this is, I, I don't want to go too crazy on, on all of the different things on it, but it's like, cause this is, I would say that honestly, this perspective, this, this claim and this belief underpins every single social dynamic that we're seeing play out today and really is the glue that holds that together because if you if you could have a whole bunch of terrible scientific claims or pseudoscientific claims and you can have a whole bunch of terrible economic theories or hypotheses and they would gain no traction if there wasn't this belief that people had to follow the orders of any mm -hmm. specific group that that really that really tied down this whole thing. When this whole worldwide thing started happening and it happened, it was happening before that. So like focus is a lot bigger than the last two years. You know, this has been going down for a long time because this, and this is a problem of, of, of bad thinking. Um, but if there weren't that belief underlying it, then you wouldn't see the effective decimation of any form of, of human harmony right now. So it's very, very vital to recognize how these arguments are established and to recognize how to disassemble and, and refute effectively these arguments, especially within yourself. If you're a person who still believes that there is some form of governance that is necessary, some form of system that people need to use and enforce upon other beings, it's very important to recognize that that is founded upon some very, very weak logic and completely counterintuitive and counterproductive logic and totally fallacious logic. And not only that, but it comes from a fear-based mindset. You know, the, the two polarities are love and fear. And, you know, love opens up, you know, not like romantic love, but love opens up consciousness and, you know, expands thought and, and comes up with solutions and fear closes that down and it closes in consciousness. And then you can't come up with creative solutions to anything. And to say that we need a government or some form of control is to say that our society is how it is. It's never going to get better. Morality can't, you know, morality is not going to increase and there, therefore freedom is not going to increase. And it's just, it, it comes from a fear-based mindset. And I think people need to recognize that as well, is that if we're yeah. really, we really need to set the goalposts to a love-based um, way of thinking, because that is going to expand consciousness and uh, come up with real solutions. Absolutely. It's, 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 there's, there's imagination in, in, in seeing beyond, oh, it's always been this way. Well, this is the way that things have been. And that's, that's an off, that's a common, um, uh, you know, justification for government. Well, this is how things have always been. Mm -hmm. And that is a very short-sighted way of thinking. It's, it lacks imagination and it lacks really love. And, and it's, I think it's a really good, uh, another highlight is, love is the expanding force right it's what un, it, it's what it's what causes evolution and i mean real evolution which is the un, the unrolling the the expansion of life um and then fear is the is the involution it's the it it brings it back in yes. so you could say that love is the expansive force um and the expanding force or the expanding um, modality 
um, of, of consciousness. That's what love is and it's in all of its forms. And then fear is the contracting force, right? Exactly. And I think that's right really interesting. And I think that's really interesting that so many different, um, you know, so many different uh, avenues of, of, of human enforcement systems are so hinged upon the idea of contract to contract. And, you know, I, I think that's like a, a kind of just like a little, an, an interesting little, uh, you know, I guess you could say it's a synchronicity of sorts that, or maybe there's some type of intention to it. You know, it, it, that is the contracting force is, is everything has to be, you know, it has to be all contract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And really, if you think about it, even in, in the terms of a contract between two people, let's just say that it's a peaceful contract. It's still really largely based in, um, and, and just in a psychological sense and spiritual sense, it is, it's largely based in um, uh, a fear that the other person is going to do you wrong and that you have to have some type of way to force them to, to rectify that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so this, this morality by force. Yeah. Also, and, you know. and it may, it's the most minimal, I would say it's like the most minimal form of it because it's kind of just like, Hey, you signed that thing, you know? And, and so there's, you know, there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of weight put on the idea of contract and, and stuff like that, especially um, among, I think some of the, you know, some of the um, people who are trying to find ways to deal with this madness. And I think have, have, hinged a lot on the idea of contract and, and, you know, written things and stuff like that. But those are, I think those are largely icons. Um, it, it's, it's kind of like our, our, it's like, you know, it's scripture, like it's, it's the, it's the, you know, the written, the written version uh, that is like the symbol and the emblem of, um, of the belief system, you know? So yeah, that, that, I think that stark polarity to, being so trapped in, or so, so based in, in the, in the mindset of fear. I think that is really, um, it's, it's very close to the, it's close to the heart of the issue. You know, we want, um, rather than having, um, an external monarchy, which is basically a, you know, kingship and serfdom, we want to have internal monarchy, you know, meaning we are the rulers of ourselves you know, we make decisions ourselves. We're the authority for ourselves on an individual level. And, you know, looking outward, we want external anarchy, meaning no rulers, um, because it's illegitimate. There's only one authority to creation, and that is the creator itself. And, um, and the, you know, the laws, which are part of that creation as well. So, yeah, I think we need to... Um, People need to understand that being an internal, having internal monarchy means we are responsible for ourselves. And, you know, just going back to um, responsibility, that means we have to stop abdicating responsibility and get out of that childlike mentality where, you know, you can say, well, you know, the government needs to step in and do something. It's like, no, man, you are responsible for your life. And, um, giving that away to somebody else not only disempowers you but it you know dip, disempowers all of us on a grand scale so yeah i think um so this idea of having so we have like an inverted version of that right now you you know what i mean like there's it, right now we have external authority which is leading to inner 
there's no authority of of you, you most people don't have an uh, have the authority over themselves because it's so it, it's 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 you know it's inverted so i think um this this is a concept that that came to my mind um and i've heard i guess i've heard i heard it through that explanation um but it sort of gave me uh this this way of saying it and this way of seeing it is that there there is a legitimate principle of of authoritarianism Right, so it's like that had to come from somewhere. It's this 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 concept of rulership, in the legitimate version of the of authority of like it's like the you know like in the tarot it's like um, you know it's the it's I think it's the emperor is like the you know that very like that strong mm-hmm. like authority figure, um, and I think that that is that's that should be directed within yourself. You should be you should be relentless a, a, a relentless you know authority over your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions, um, because no one else is supposed to do that job for you. So that means that you have to be very, very, you know, on your own, on your own shit, basically, you know? So it's like, if you have, if you're keeping an eye on your ego, um, you need to recognize that it's going to be something that, that takes internal self-discipline. And that's really, uh, that's really where the concept of authority lies. And if you expect that somebody else is supposed to do that for you, it, you're going to be, you know, you're going to end up in, in a bad place. You're just, and, and your life, life will teach you that lesson. That's one of the concepts. And um, that's one of the, the working functions of, of, of natural law is the idea of, of compensation that which, you know, the work that you don't do will be done to you sort of, you know? So it's like, if you're not taking ownership of yourself fully, um, then someone's going to try to do that for you. And because that, I, that dynamic is not actually realistic, there will be a negative consequence or um, an uncomfortable consequence for you and for anybody who's stuck in that, in that dynamic with you. Um, and so this, this idea of internal rulership, this is really where, um, this is really where these beings sort of like use psychological manipulation and sort of play off of this, um, this archetype within us. And then they play it on the screen and they pretend to be that thing. So this idea of mm-hmm. authority is largely based off of like an, an externalization of the, of the inner, um, you know, the inner, um, you know, masculine and feminine really um, in different, in different degrees, but it, it's that like th- that parent, you know, so you have this abandonment that, which a lot of people have. And then, so it becomes them playing off of this psychological mm-hmm. archetype that you do have that authority figure, which we sort of learn from our parents to a certain extent, but we're not supposed to learn that obedience to our parents is honorable. And that's where um, I think the, um, the, 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 the lesson of, of um, organized religion has, I think, has really misled a lot of people because you shouldn't be you know, obedient to your parents. You should be taught respect by them and they should be teaching you the idea of you know, the, the actual fundamental laws of, of, of nature and the, and the the actual functioning, you know, the golden rule of, 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 of behavior and how that is within everything. And then that's how, that's how they're supposed to be raising. That's how we're supposed to raise our children, not as property, not as things that we own. Well, and, and they ask them to have blind belief from birth, essentially, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, and then we get into the, you know, the public education and you know you have to follow exactly what the teacher says you know you they're the authority and if you disobey the authority then you're off to in school suspension or detention or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know it's like that all the way through and so 
you know, we're just taught this like linear left brain um, way of thinking and that we have to only follow the dictates of authority. And it's not just like the education system, like, but I always refer back to that because it's like, we go from K through 12 and then, you know, we go to college and it's the same, it's the same thing over and over again. Your professor is your authority or even in sports, you know, the coach is the authority and like, you can't question the authority because if you question it, that means you're not a good pupil or, you know what I mean? So questioning has become synonymous with being like a rule breaker or a rebel or somebody that steps out of line with, with a system, but it's definitely not, um, something that's like valued in our society to, to question an authority figure, especially when the authority figure is something, somebody that's like everyone accepts as, you know, you know, the face of science or something like that. If you question that, well, then, you know, you're heretical and, and way out of line because, because if everybody believes in this person, then it must, he must be legitimate, you know, Mm -hmm. surely, you know, if everybody believes in this institution, it must be legitimate. You know, if everybody believes in this government, it must be legitimate. No, because not that many people can be fooled. Like, but I think we're seeing that, seeing um, the reality of that play out otherwise um, right now that mass amounts of people can be, can be manipulated, you know, through mind control and social conditioning and just blind belief and authority. Yeah. And there's been a lot of, um, you know, a lot of those psychological and sociological experiments that showed this happen with people, you know, and that's why it's like, so that idea that's like, well, if everyone else is doing that, it must be, you know, it must be right. It must be true. It's like this, it's like the bandwagon fallacy, you know? And I mean, in the appeal to authority, well, it's right because it says it's right. And it, and it, because it has the power to say so. And it's just, it's literally, well, because it's, it's, it's been here. It's an appeal to, to tradition. You have a lot of very, very, easy to, to recognize, very easy to, to identify fallacies that are going on here with this, you know? It's just that most people will, will you know, it'll be like the incredulity, uh, the the appeal to incredulity, I think is what, or personal incredulity. I was like, ah, that's, there's no way, that's just a crazy, it, it can be, it couldn't be this, this mm-hmm. simple, and it couldn't be like, you know, there's no way that that we could have been that we could be believing in and supporting something that is actually inherently crazy and evil. It's like, so it's like, as you start to reassess a lot of this stuff and let these questions come up, it's like, you're, you're coming to turn, you're coming to face to face with a lot of really bad thinking and also not just bad thinking, because where does bad thinking come from? Um, if not from like a disjunct, you know, uh, spiritual state and, um, that it, that bad thinking sort of reinforces a feeling sometimes it's very much so like you might have an emotional response to something and then you sort of establish a bad line of thinking to justify it you know and justification is another concept that is very um you know very tied to this idea of 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 belief in authority because it's justification justification means use which means right or law or, or, you know, right or law and, and facere, which means to create, it literally means to justify means to create, right. I may, I'll make it right by making, just making it right. You know? Um, so, uh, I do think, um, I think that addressing the, the, you know, the, the basic logical 
fallacies that are going on there is really good for the left brain but there's more going on than just that you know so um for the sake of being balanced it's like understanding kind of like the word the word magic that goes on with a lot of this stuff the symbol the symbolic magic that goes on the and the images that are brought to mind with a lot of the wording that's used for a lot of it and the 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 ritual aspect of it that's done with the you know the icons the the um talismans and the um and the you know the garb the actual you know costumes that are that are used so there's it's a full spectrum um it's a full spectrum you know indoctrination that's happening so it is important i think to recognize like just going down a little list of oh well these are the four main functions that which i think we'll, we'll I'll, I'll do that after you know if there's something you want to add I'll, I'll i'll go into like the kind of like the four main um theories or hypotheses for for the state but also kind of noticing that that it's not it's not all just going to you know it's not all just easy on a list you know one two three four five it's wrong it, mm -hmm. and there is a certain aspect of of the concept of, of of government that really is easily identifiable to like kind of basic the basic claim well we have the right to roll what is that based on well because we said so so you can kind of realize like <laughs> yeah. where that's where that's messed up thinking just like in a very simple way but there's a lot more going on like i said like yeah. all those icons and stuff yeah I think a lot of people are, and honestly, man, I just, I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, it, it's not really affecting, I have a good life, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not a slave in my head, you know, so it, it doesn't affect me kind of thing. It's like, I, they don't understand, like, because I interact with, and then I'm sure you do, we interact with a lot of normal people on an everyday basis. And um, that's just how, it's just how life is. You know, they don't understand how much better life can be if you simply recognize the illegitimate authority that tries to um, put claims on you and your labor and, and everything else. And um, and I think they just don't understand how much better life would be or what or the, the civilization we could build if it weren't for these complete psychopaths um, that we have as quote unquote authorities. Um and yeah, and like you were saying um, before, it's like with the total, almost ritualistic things they present us with on like a subconscious level, even um, through words and symbols and colors, even and sounds. And and these people are in control for a reason. It's not because they're dumb. I'll say that you know they know exactly how to manipulate people, and they've done it for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. And um, they know um, how psychology and the human brain works to simply say everything is just a happy accident. And we're just here, you know, just, just by happenstance would be completely naive and childlike, which is kind of in line with how the majority of people think it's very childlike. So that doesn't shock me that people would think that, you know, but um, yeah, we have to come to an understanding that um, we're not playing with, um, amateurs or rookies here so um coming to an understand an understanding of uh how they operate would gives us gives us the best defense against um their tactics absolutely yeah no i i yeah i couldn't agree more like realizing that what you're dealing with isn't just like a kind of like a oh well oops we kind of screwed up a whole bunch of times and now here we are it's like they're they're very very capable they're very willed they have a lot of willpower. They have a lot of guided intention. I would say they're not wise because they don't recognize like the fruits of, of like of 
really giving up this like obsessive control this like it's really like a, it's just a belief and it's an, an illusory belief and control and and sort of recognizing the 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 wisdom in submitting to the fact that these they they guys in like the people who are running the show there there's no peace in that i mean i'm sure that they feel it all the time i mean that's i guess it's a little bit deep there but these are not yeah they're not amateurs we're dealing with with these these people who have they've established this and maintained it because there there's a certain there's a certain you know body of knowledge that they have, that they can they have obtained and they've kept for a very long time and that's why they're able to do that and a lot of it is rooted in this idea that they have essentially created a curriculum for the entire world that says that the whole world is based on chaos M meanwhile they know that the whole world is based off of specific steps and sequences and patterns and mm -hmm. so they're able to use that to their benefit that knowledge differential and use it to their benefit to create basically a really disjunct society that's completely erratic and chaotic because we have lost in a large way lost an understanding of of that core recognition that that spiritual mission that we own ourselves and that we're supposed to be responsible for ourselves and amen yeah this this idea of external authority um it's and it, it really it really comes down to a um a, a big you know one statement is that um it's this idea of external authority is nothing more it's than than a group of beings or a being or group of beings claiming the ability um to take ownership of another being or or group of beings decisions actions consequences material goods or body itself like so they're claiming they're claiming ownership not just of people but they're saying oh we have a responsibility and the right to control own and 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 modify augment people's decisions actions consequences which is a big one material goods and body um and this is the the fundamental claim of government because they say oh well we need to be here to make sure that the bad people don't do this and we need to make sure that when the bad people do do this then we punish them and we also need to make sure that people who are thinking about doing things know that they shouldn't go that far because then they could do bad things you know they set their fences and stuff so it's like oh well that's why we have like jaywalking tickets and all this stuff right so this, if you really just break it down, this is the fundamental basis and condition that establishes slavery. Slavery is the ownership, the, the, the claimed ownership of another being. Now, it doesn't matter how you got there, whether you say, oh, well, I wrote a note and then the person who said that they own that person, we exchanged some golden coins and then now I own that. It, like, oh, well, no, what we did is then, uh, well, I traded 30 fur pelts to this guy, you know, and then he gave me a, a you know, a, a boat with, with, with 15 slaves on it. Or if you establish it by saying, oh, well, we wrote something on this piece, piece of paper and any, every generation that follows now um, is subject to the rule of anybody who um, claims a, a position that we outlined within this piece of paper. And now every single person has to, um, you know, follow the rules that these people lay, but don't worry, you guys make them make the rules that you have to follow. So it's fine. Um, so it's this, you know, this absurdity and it, it, it really is, it is the fundamental condition that manifests um, 
slavery. This is this is how slavery is then is then manifest. It has to fall upon that claim of owning another being, their consequences, their labor, the energy they put forth, the material goods that they make or that they acquire as a result of their work, their um, you know, and their their actual actions, which by in and of themselves can be punished. This is slavery. That is the that is a condition of slavery. And 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 it's like, well, what degree? Any degree. Mm-hmm. It, 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 yep. It's any degree, any degree of slavery rests upon that claim. Now that claim is fundamentally untrue. It is not a right. It is a wrong and it will always be such a thing. No being can be owned by another being because every being's consequences come back on them. Or and, any amount of their labor or anything like that. I think people only see this through um, chains and shackles as slaves. And that is not the case. It is uh, you going to work um, and the government stealing your money and saying, we're doing it, you know, we're putting this in the right places for your good. You know, um, they don't get to do that. That's immoral wrong. And it's called theft, you know? So it's not, you know, I get that people don't see it as slavery because they can't see the prison walls. They can't see the shackles in, in all that, because that's just what we've been conditioned to think a slave is, but really we're on this gigantic slave farm where, you know, people have to pay the overseer for the privilege of living here or, um, you know, paying our dues through, you know, social contract or, or whatever, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit too, but, um, yeah, I just want to interject there. On your no, that's, points. no, that's, that's absolutely, that's no, it's, it's important to highlight because it's like, you have to see that, um, it, it's not really a distinction in principle. It's a distinction in severity. And it's like, yeah, if you don't see these, these, you know, classic icons of what we would call slavery, then it doesn't appear to be identical at all, but it has the same identity. It just has, it has a different, the analogy is different. Like it looks different, but it's the actual, mm-hmm. it's the same, it's the same actual claim. It's the same primary function. Um, and now we, we would look back at, at like, you know, older government forms and we would say wow that's just treacherous and like you know like the way that the serfs and the you know the serfs the vassals you know the um the feudal system in europe we would look at that and say well geez i mean the king was basically just like oh these are our subjects and i own them and they have to do this and then we and everyone would look at that and sort of be like oh well yeah i mean they were basically just slaves but they won't but because we live in relatively more comfort it's it's hard to see that but it's like comfort that we're we don't really own in 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 their in their legal books, you know that they, which are just their doctrines. Um, it's just their their doctrines that they lay out in their book, and they say that they have the godly power to to create that condition within reality. When in in reality, that's not the case. But you know the the willing action of the 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 participant in their in their religious stupor is what actually brings forth that condition and its inherent subsequent suffering consequences. But it's really, yeah, it's, 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 it's a distinction, you know, the distinction between chattel slavery and, and political slave um, is really in a distinction of the, the degree of, of, of implementation and of, of comfort, physical, you know, visible, visible physical comfort. But it's like, that would, that would be like equivalent to saying that because a, a house slave lived in like, a, in like, vastly more comfortable situation than a field slave that the house slave wasn't a slave. That's yeah. not the case. They, they, they definitely were. And they actually coaxed them into obedience by treating them better. 
And I think that's a mm-hmm. really big example that that people can take from this. And if 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 there's one book that I can suggest for sort of seeing that from somebody's perspective who was in that time period is um, Frederick Douglass's um, autobiography, where he he outlines a lot of these behaviors and these these dynamics, and even how groups of slaves that were owned by different owners would meet. And when they would see each other, they would fight each other over whose owner was like the most lavish or who was the best. And like, and, yeah. and they would fight over that. And that's what happens when you're under like severe trauma and duress all the time. Is well, that think you, about this. It's, sorry, go ahead. You want to finish your, oh, no, sorry, I say, it's just, it's, no, it's, it's fine. It's, it's just, I would say it's a stock, it's a Stockholm syndrome thing that happens and whether yeah. we call it that or not. So go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. no, totally. And I was just going to say off your uh, example there that, yeah, in in whenever there were slaves back in the day, like plantation style slaves, they would if somebody thought of running away, it wasn't like, oh, good for them, you know? It's like, how dare you think you're better than us by wanting by wanting to run away from us? Like how dare you want your freedom? You know what I mean? So the 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 indoctrination, you know, whenever somebody's in that situation, the Stockholm syndrome, like you were saying, is is unbelievable, you know, because they can't even recognize that the person that wants their freedom is in the right, you know, and they're all the ones that are willing slaves. And that and that's kind of like how it is today. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm fine with being a slave because it could be worse, you know? It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's sad because it's it, it's really what it does is it just completely beats the spirit and and morale out of people. You you then start to see yourself as property, but that can never be your true condition. You can never be a and you can never be a living being and be the property of another being, even if you believe that to be your whole life. Mm-hmm. Your like your soul, your reality, the 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 universe the human, the behaviors that occur, the actual vibrative, you know, interactions, everything, nothing concedes to that belief. We're here to be free. That's like, that is a fundamental, that is like at, a, at the core of, of existence is that we're supposed to be free. And, and that freedom, it, you know, there's always a balance of, you know, of, of form and function. And the form that forms this, there are that, where that boundary is, there has to be a boundary to everything and that boundary is within nature itself because that, that those are the those are the 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 fail safes of behavior and it's been it's been you know in every way that that other physical and this is this is why it's really important to start this journey from the beginning where we started and we kind of only highlighted each little part this is, this is i feel this is going to be like table of contents is one episode of each main thing we do and then we're going to break into each one but um, you know, it really goes back to this idea that it, it's to get into such a, a de, like a state of depravity, you really have to deeply, deeply sever yourself from your true nature of a being that owns itself and has this creative dynamic function to exist, the ability to create within, within certain, you know, natural boundaries. But that's, you know, that's what freedom is. And if you look at the etymology of freedom, it comes from Priya which is um, Proto-Indo-European for, for love, and then dome, which means law, right? So it's like freedom actually is love of law, but which one is it, you know? It's, it, can it, is it man's law? It's like, well, that's changing all the time, and it depends on where you are. So 
that's a pretty weak basis to start off with. It, it, it's, it's the love of and recognition of, of the fundamental law that underlies existence itself. So that's what freedom is. I mean, in, in, in the sense of, of at least that etymological breakdown of it, you know, and, and then you have the word liberty, um, which, you know, which comes from the word liber, which means to read also, right? So reading, and then that word read is like read, a, a hom, is a homophone for read, which is wood, which is, is similar to the idea of logos or logic, which is from log or log, which is why we have a wood log. It kind of goes back to these, you know, these, these concepts of, of wood and trees and nature. And it's, this really, it's a really interesting etymological kind of like um, phonetymological as there's this guy named John Hooks who wrote, wrote a book about the idea of phonetymology, like etymology that the sound itself kind of brings it meaning, sort of um, side note there. But this idea of freedom, of, of, of li- liber, liberty, to, to read, to know, to, to, um, you know, to, to find the word um, and logic and the, the, the actual knowledge and, and the gnosis of life, you know, the, the experiential gnosis of life as the individual. And again, individual meaning not divided. So you have to be severed from yourself so deeply that you believe yourself to be the ownership of another being. And um, I, I do kind of want to connect this. I know this is kind of a long, a, a long tangent, but I, I have somewhere where I'm going with it. Um, I promise. So, um, and, and which is, you know, this, this idea of, of, of severing yourself from your, your core being and from really from self-ownership, which is where this whole thing has to be inverted and has to be completely diverted from in order for it to be effective, which is why it has been so effective on humanities because these underlying beliefs have been propagated doctrinally so far. So the word slave actually um, uh, comes from the word Slav, which is um, because of, of the, the slave trade um, in, in Europe um, was, uh, was um, largely they were selling Russian or Slavic people in, in, in Europe for a while. So, um, it, it came to mean that. So it was, it was, a ter- it was, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, it was equivalent to the word slave in certain contexts in the same way that the word Britain, B-R-I-T-O-N, which is somebody of, 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 of England, of Britain was actually synonymous to meant serf and slave within England because the, the, the Royals didn't consider themselves the same breed of people. So they would refer to their, the word Brit, Briton, Britain itself means a serf or a slave. So the word Slav means slave. So generally royalty sees people as this and they always have. And um, one last connection, I swear that I'm going somewhere. And then the Slavic word for slave is the word orbu, um, which is the root for the word orphan. Um, and it's, and, and it actually literally means somebody who changes allegiance. So the Slavic word for, for slave is orbu, which is like orphan. Um, and it's somebody who changes allegiance and it's primarily a person who changes allegiance from themselves to their owner. So that is all just the, the wording of it all is just is it, it brilliantly ties in this, this concept and this lesson that we're supposed to be getting from this, you know, this dynamic life that's underlying all things. And that is a huge, huge lesson in all this. You cannot be an actual living individual and consider yourself subject to the authority of anything other than the creative life force in nature itself. You wrapped it up beautifully. You got there. (laughs) No, I love it, man. And, and yeah, whenever we give away that power that is within us, then that kills our discernment as well. You know, 
because now we have our, you know, the king is makes my decisions for me. You know, well, let's let's hear what it what comes comes down from on high. You know, and it's like, and I think Passio said or somebody said that you know discernment is like a muscle. You know, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And so, whenever no one's using their discernment, you know, you're you're going to readily adopt the um the ideologies of whatever you're hearing from said authorities that you're supposed to be following you know it's just mind control and um and like i said it's very deceptive um and the more you start questioning things and looking at things the more you can pick up on these things and you know your your discernment gets stronger and stronger but yeah um i totally agree with what um with what you were saying. And I think the, um, one of the major differences today is, um, is it's not so overt. The, uh, the authorities aren't so overt, you know, it's more of a covert thing. Now we don't, we don't actually see the, um, the, the actual serfdom and kingship. It's, uh, it's kind of an illusion and our culture has built that up to make us feel like we are, you know, um, these free, you know, beings and, you know, we're not controlled and all that. And it's, um, it's just an illusion, you know, it's, um, the freedom is an illusion at the end of the day. And, um, it just, it just comes with being able to recognize that and then uh, adjusting your worldview to the reality of the situation and then realigning to, you know, natural law and, and just recognizing, um, the being real with where we're at in, in, in humanity, where we're at in this timeline that, uh, um, and not lying to ourselves. And so we can make, um, make some moves for the betterment of humanity. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention how, um, important, how much of a factor culture plays in, in all this, because it, culture is like the operating system they give us, to to maintain that illusion you know what i mean like and and it is just like an operating system but um yeah and terrence mckenna talks about that too and it's he breaks it down beautifully but yeah it's uh um did you have any thoughts on that I yeah just, no uh, um absolutely well yeah i think that this whole idea it you what you said was that it's like it's really not as it's not as overt you know um, it, it, there's still the symbols, you know, they always flash the symbol of one of their uniformed agents killing somebody or doing some type of scary looking thing to people who get out of line. And so it's like the image is still there, but it's, it's very hypnotic. Like the, this, you know, this, you know, this method of, of control is very hypnotic and it, and it basically kind of, it kind of puts this, it, it's, it, again, it puts the image in our head and then we, operating on um you know we ignore our largely have ignored our subconscious because we've been indoctrinated to run away from the the things that they teach and that they're they the you know the the rulers that they're teaching and using against the masses and we don't look at that so they kind of our our subconscious mind is is really tricked into into a certain cyclical behavior because they know that that through through society and through culture that they're putting in the correct you know code mm -hmm. they're putting in the right line of code and yes. the right command and the right command is then eliciting this kind of automatic response that occurs and once you start to realize and interpret 
those lines of code and you interpret those symbols for yourself, then you start to remove that, um, you know, that sort of automaton nature of that. I wouldn't say nature, that automaton condition that, that we've been lulled into. And it's very much so, um, it is very, very much so from the level of mind, which I think you even look again, you know, look at the word government, gubernare, um, meaning control, right? And then mens, mentis, ment, mente, mentis, mens, which means to think, um, you know, there have been people who say ment just means the state of, and it's like, well, if you look at the Proto-Indo-European, it's mens, which means to think. Um, so thought, think to be in, in the state of, is to be in the state of mind. So gubernare, which actually also comes from the Greek, kubernate, which means to steer, right? Um, to steer is into like steer, control a ship. Um, and then again, mens mentis, so control of the mind. That's it's the same idea. Um, so it's it's definitely being implemented from from the mental plane, which makes it really really difficult to make an empirical argument for it. But you can approach the logic of it, and then you again you have to bring that whole that holistic intelligence into it. You have to be able to interpret, you know, um, non empirical you know symbol or patterns and underlying you know, dynamics in order to even recognize that this stuff is going on. And um, something that I think uh, it, which kind of connects to this is you mentioned, you know, that culture being like the, um, the operating system. And then earlier I had mentioned, you know, these, these archetypes, which is really interesting because the word authority itself etymologically comes from auctor, like A-U-C-T-O-R, which itself means um, father, creator one who brings about one who makes or creates that's the that's what that's what authority is authority literally means one who makes or one who creates or, or father right and the government often represents this father figure and i think that that's one of those prime archetypes that they're playing off of by using this um you know these the, the, it has often has a, a more masculine um uh you know dynamic to it. It's, it has a little bit more of a, a masculine signature to it, the concept of the state. And then religion often kind of takes on more of like the motherly figure. It's the spirit. It's more the emotions that it's not as, you know, it's not as overt, but it is, you know, and of course they use different, they use a, a combination of these things. It's not so unidimensional where it's like that. It's just like a general idea. But I do think it's very interesting that the word itself literally means father, creator, one who brings about. Now, when you recognize this as the only true authority can be that creator of the universe, and then we as proxy um, attributes of that singular creator, we have that we have that ability as well, but over ourselves. Now, how do you know that we don't have it other beings over other beings and we can just, oh, well, I'm kind of like the creator who creates. Well, because you start to see when that happens, then something happens called discomfort or harm. And then you realize, oh, I'm kind of like stepping into another being's like own singular ownership of themselves, their own authority. And that's where, and, and you see, and I mean, a, a demonstrable thing of where this happens is even in one-on-one -on -one interactions. If you breach the 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 consent of another being there is discomfort and then there is conflict that needs to be resolved and that's obviously not the state of of, of harmony to exist between two people so even you know at this at this uh, you know at the 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 quantity of one to one person you start to realize that this concept of oh i have really only have authority over myself and that any other version of that really is a mirror and false proxy of it mm-hmm
Yeah. And we are, like you were saying, we are co-creators. You know, we have that, we have that in us. We have free will choice um, to create our world. And um, I wanted to bring it back. And, you know, I know we're going to touch on uh, the hermetic principles in some upcoming shows, but everything is, everything does first begin in the mind, right? Everything we see in the material universe was first a thought. You know, your computer, the pen, it was, it first was a thought before it became, um, in the manifested, became a thing, an object in the manifested world, you know? And so you can see why a government would want to control information at the source, at the input stage of the trivium, which is input, the essential, if you're talking about it, like a computer, it's input processing and output. So you can see why they would want to to control information at the input stage, at the mind level, because if you control information at the processing or output level, that's already too late, you know, because people have already made up their decisions in their own mind and they're already acting upon them. So that's why they have to control information at the input level, because if they can control information, sway minds, then they can create their world their vision of reality because they are going to um, have people under mind control because they start at the mind level and then we will enact those ideas because if they can just take over our minds or put just plant an idea that we will act upon that's how they create this madness because we're not planted in principles and natural law and you know they try to obfuscate everything and turn everything upside down and um that's why we have chaos right now. So we're, that's why another reason why we're doing this, we're trying to get back to basics, get back to natural law, give everybody a strong foundation to stand on. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. DJ horns. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, and it's like that, that whole, you know, that process mind. And then the, you have to get at that, that you have to control the things that people think and believe. So it's like, that's why we start at the very beginning. Can you, can we even know things? So what has been largely destroyed in this process is that through a lot of ideologies, a lot of ideologies, a lot of different, you know, like um, basically manufactured religions, manufactured movements, a lot of the, the, the axiomatic tenets that underlie it is this idea that you cannot determine true from false to any capacity. Not, not, to, not to say, it's it basically you can't determine true from false in any effective capacity. So that's, that, it's like they don't even flirt with the idea that, well, maybe you can learn it to a certain degree, but you won't be able to get all the way and get, explain everything. Just that you can't learn it at all. So that means that you can't learn it to an effective capacity. That means that you can't really tell the difference between a right and a wrong behavior. There's no way to tell that. There's no way to know. And so like this, this like destruction of, of your ability to process information really determines it, it, it's exactly how Chad said it. It will determine the outcome that is manifest in the, in, in the grand scale. And because that is, that's the, you know, that's the seed from which the, you know, the whole plant grows and that's the, the ground, the root, everything. I mean, because people think that they have no ability to see right from wrong, to decide, you know, what's good and bad, um, naturally that whoever else um, is claiming to be the authority is going to come in and tell you what is right and wrong, you know, rather, rather than um, 
recognizing natural law principles, you know, they obfuscate that and interject and usurp that power and try to say, no, this is right and wrong. And, you know, that that's, um, they interject that, uh, the, whatever immoral legislation or rules or whatever the society has to adhere to now. So yeah, man. Yeah. And then just kind of make it up and it's, and, uh, so, which I think ultimately then I think there's going to be questions, you know, like what, like there's so many, there's so many different things that we're presented with as justifications on a day-to-day basis that like, we're so used to going back to, to say, well, no, we need this, we need this. And, um, if you kind of follow the lineage of all of these different justifications that usually fall within. And I, I did get this, this little breakdown um, from the book, uh, the case against the state um, by Tanner cook. So if anybody's interested in reading out or reading um, kind of a layout of that idea, highly recommend it. Also um, uh, Larkin Rose's book, um, the most dangerous superstition, very highly recommend reading both of those. I would, I would say read the most dangerous superstition even before the case against the state, but they're both really good. Um, but he sort of breaks it down into four basic, um, main, uh, you know, justifications or hypotheses as to why authority is, is, is correct and, and legitimate. Um, so one of the oldest is divine right theory. Um, and which is just basically the idea that whoever is the ruler um, has been given that that status by you know divine decree basically that the creator has has granted them this divine status as arbiter of right and wrong um, and uh, whether that means that the person gets to make up the rules or that person that group of people or person is uh, is singly or as a group capable of determining and or interpreting the demands of, of, of the divine authority. And everyone else has to go to that person or group of people in order to, 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 to get, you know, the rulings of what right and wrong are. So divine right theory um, is, you know, we saw this in the, in the, you know, the church and, and, and royalty of, of, of Europe, largely. Um, They had the right to rule because God divinely put them in that, in that, in that place, you know? Um, and, uh, it, I, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like theocratic. It doesn't have to have a religious per se, um, uh, you know, you know, function or, or does it have to have those trappings to it, but it largely relying on this idea that there's like some type of superhuman capability of these people to be able to rule. It may, it may shift from this religion or that, or even sort of like a naturalist religion. It could, it could be like a new age thing, but it's sort of still grants this like reverence towards these people. So that's one. that they're above the peasants. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like there's a very, there's a very, you know, distinct separation between those right. who rule and those who are ruled. Um, so divine right theory is one of the ones that, um, that is, that is presented as the legitimate explanation for that. Um, now, uh, there's a lot of, um, I think on its face, most people would probably see that argument and and just be like, ah, no, I don't really, I don't, I don't really vibe with that. That's not cool. Like, so I think we've kind of in a certain way on, on it, on face value, we've sort of moved on from that. Um, but I think it's retained some of that within modern religion. So a lot of people will still kind of probably go back to that. So there may be people who are listening in right now and being like, oh, wait, but I've been told, you know, that it's, you know, that 
whoever's in power like has been granted that because you know god found them worthy of such a task and i would say explore that that that's there's there's you know if you're appealing to a religion the religion itself is going to say well yeah the religion says that so it's true which is just circular reasoning it's an appeal to authority within the framework of a of a of of a religious belief system so i would say maybe observe that that you know circular reasoning It, it it might not um, that I'm not implying that there's no creative force to the universe. I'm saying that that usually religions tell you not to. Um, it tells you to go to a mediary and an intermediary, and that's that's generally I think is a little bit suspicious. Um, because if you know, it's 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 the whole. It even goes down to the the Pope concept, right? So that's one of the main theories. And then there's evolutionary theory, right? So here's you know uh, number two big theory for or hypothesis um, for why um authority or governing bodies are necessary and this is basically the idea that um that uh you know the state arose out of um sort of a a, a need um <laughs> of society does it needed it we need somebody we need a certain person or group of people to um to control things because that's just what we've established as um you know because we have we evolved to that and it's just a it's a function of our species you know um this is there's difficulty in um i think legitimizing that um on grounds of of you know holistic intelligence because just because it's been done a lot of times doesn't necessarily mean that it's beneficial um so this is actually another fallacy which is uh, you know this is the appeal to, to tradition it's the idea that because it's been done a lot of times and because we established it as an uh, as an evolutionary trait it's therefore it is it's beneficial and even optimum um so i i, I challenge that um theory i don't i don't think that it makes a lot of sense um on so its it's face. a natural natural result of where we're at in consciousness would you say is what this argument is for i think that it's more so it's more so saying that that government finds its legitimacy because we needed to build it in order to even to even create a a civilized you know society so it's sort of it it arises out of fear-based consciousness i think that that's actually what 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 is really revealed in that that claim of 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 legitimacy is that it really is kind of an inversion of that of that principle in a certain way, right? It's like I recognize that like this has arisen because we are living in a very like mentally, you know, stunted way. We, we've we've resorted to this this tradition because we've done it so many times, and yeah, it ends up being justified because you know because it's uh what do you call it it becomes justified because it's it's tra- has traditionally been been accepted and and ah. so you know the idea that it comes from you know that this is a manifestation of our consciousness i think that in a certain in a roundabout way that is present in this you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. but it it which again doesn't legitimize its establishment the fact that if anything it delegitimizes it because we've been living in a animal consciousness basically like beasts and because we've been living like we've been living like beasts we've established this this authority structure this hierarchy that's based on force and and largely just you know um with social utility just to survive it's like okay well at, at best you could say that it it arises from this this beast like fear you know um fight or flight mm-hmm 
constant fight or flight response. So then really, I think that delegitimizes it in, in, in a, in a roundabout way on accident almost. So, um, yeah, I could almost, I could almost agree with that, that like, um, because we're in this state of animal consciousness, we're getting what we deserve. We get, we get, uh, some, of a, a, a king class to overrule the peasants but that's not to say that if we don't evolve and become higher beings that we won't you know figure out how we're truly meant you know how creation is truly supposed to work and um and we would abolish all forms of this slavery system right so there's almost like room for well what is in that in that thing but it it definitely what it doesn't do is it doesn't establish the way that government has been for the last 150 250 200,000 whatever years it doesn't establish its specific functions as legitimate it just kind of exp- it describes that it did happen yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's yeah, like oh yeah. well, it happened mm-hmm. because we needed it to because like so at best like assuming it's default or something yeah yeah it's like mm-hmm. it, at best it, it describes that it did occur in such a fashion it doesn't properly um it doesn't properly legitimize it or even it doesn't really make a good case for it being beneficial or optimum you know yeah which leads to the third um the third claim the third theory or hypothesis is a force theory um and this is basically the general idea that um you know might equals right like the idea like uh well because you know because they were the strongest fighters they they get that they they get to be the the ones who decide things for people this like you know this this concept that um you know that might it might equals right concept it's like oh well they you know well they won you know these people won so they get to rule and and that's obviously that that is a that is a logical fallacy it's 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 obviously an appeal to authority right and it's mm-hmm. obviously based in it is literally the force theory right it's that oh well because we said so like because yep. because we are a, a, a violent group of people and no one is stronger than us then then we then therefore have the right to rule and that's presupposing the idea of um uh, you know, of its authority in the first place. It's, it's, it's a, it, it just begs the question of, of, of authority and it presupposes its legitimacy before it even begins. And then it justifies it by an already inherently moral action, you know? Yep. So it's a pretty absurd theory to, to rest upon, but there are people who um, their line of logic really does um, fall into suit with that. Oh yeah. That claim. It's that surface level. I've mm-hmm. seen them out there, Remy. <laughs> they're out there interacting in society yeah yeah they they have a right to bash me over the head with a billy club because they're the they're the rulers right now yep i mean and, it goes, it's just as simple as that some people mm-hmm. yeah it, and it obviously isn't a very like it isn't a very um i would say it was it, it's not a very elegant thought process there's not a lot there's not a lot there it very it rests on a very small group of sentences yeah <laughs> and, yeah and right it, and it's um, it's mainly the fluoride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so there's one there, the one, the last one I think is, is probably the most complicated. Um, and it's the most intricate, but it is equally as I, as equally as illegitimate and relevant. And it's the idea of social contract theory. And I think that that's like the biggest one. Um, and that's largely, um, you know, like the, I think that's found a lot of its root as like a concept in the, in Western 
governments largely, largely, and like Western, like uh, social or socio-political, like you know, uh, I don't, I use this word loosely, loosely philosophers, um, you know, like um, you know Thomas Hobbes, John Locke, um, you know the 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 average proponents of of social contract theory. Um, and social contract theory is just basically the claim that because you live in society, um, there are certain rights that you give up for um, for benefiting from the so-called services of the ruling class. Um, so that's the claim. And then, but also the the difficulty with social contract theory is that if you ask different people, they're probably going to give a lot of different answers for what that social contract entails and what the conditions of it are. So um, one would be hard pressed to make a good argument for a contract that isn't very um, explicitly stated and that you can't really go to a, a quick list of its terms and conditions. Um, another problem with social contract theory is that its terms and conditions are determined solely by the person make, making the so-called offer, which is um, the government or state. And the terms are decided upon by that group solely. Now, the idea that there are representatives within it and that they represent you, um, that would make sense if the moment that they step out of line that you could just automatically fire them and they are no longer you know, part of your organization. Um, so, and then on top of the, another issue with the social contract theory is that a person can be born into a contract, a contract that they were, first of all, not even around to um to draft or be a part of signing and that second of all that they not they didn't even voluntarily you didn't even choose to be born um so how can you then choose to be subject to a specific social contract for living within a certain um juris so-called jurisdiction uh, a geographical region that a certain group of people claim to own um so there are a lot of really it's a very big loop of of unfounded claims and and presuppositions of that are all based on just automatically accepting it has legitimacy legitimacy in the first place and then there's not even any good um rational logical grounds to prove that to be the case um so the the social contract theory um really just falls apart it is a, it is it's one of my least favorite uh uh so-called philosophical concepts within um, pretty modern history. Um, and it largely the, largely the Western world and the Western governments are built on this concept. And there are a lot of people who think it's just brilliant. And I'm just like, the more I've read into it, the more and more that I've just been completely, um, just not convinced by, by its claims and its, and its, and its methods. And then what's basically what's come of it, you know? So that's a big one, and I'm absolutely not a fan of social contract theory. Well, it's a complete joke, if you ask me, because it's it's all rooted in moral relativism. You know, 100%. yes, you were born here. Yes, our laws are immoral. Yes, you have to abide by them if you want to live here. If you don't like it, then leave. You know, no, let's completely disregard that we're living in an immoral society. Let's not fix the root of the problem. Let's just say you know, leave if you don't like our immorality, you know, mm -hmm. let's not fix it. Let's, <laughs> you know, it's, we live in a freaking bandaid culture, you know, let's just, you know, we'll, we'll just slap a bandaid on it or, you know, we'll just roll over it with some kind of new nonsense instead of fixing the root of the problem. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's why we kind of feel compelled to do this because we want to get at the root of the problem. The root of our problem is not 
uh, financial. The root of the problem is not, you know, that we need a better government. The root of the problem is consciousness and morality. And we have to raise that if we want to get out of the situation, not just say move somewhere else. That's completely absurd and ridiculous and childlike. Absolutely. Um, and this it's, it's just so deeply, deeply ingrained that like, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I know a lot of people who I just have brilliant conversations with about morality and about, you know, consciousness and, and what that means. And just like these, you know, these epiphanies that occur. Um, and this is like a big step that I think it takes a lot of people, a lot of time to realize all the different angles and all the different, you know, all the different tenets that they've been given by the system that they have to tackle one by one. Um, and I mean, I'm one of them. I, I had, I, I went back and forth between, between political claims over and over my whole life. Um, and it wasn't until probably about maybe like six, seven, eight years ago that I, w I really started to recognize, oh, wait, like you can't really take any of the pieces of this and say you're going to reform it because it really is rooted deeply and fundamentally in a very false and, uh, and it's, it's illogical, it's irrational, um, it's, it's nonsensical, but really like that those, you know, those little, those little things like not like nonsense, irrationality, um, lacking logic, those, those are, you know, they're, they're, they're little issues when it comes to, you know, the, the realm of thought and abstract, but again, your thoughts become what you feel. And then that becomes your actions. And then that cycle continues. So it, it's, it's really that, that ignorance and the, the ignoring of the, this, you know, it's really a simple dynamic. It's just applied to something that's become that's become so humongous and just so palpable and so interwoven into every aspect of our lives that it's like it takes a big a a big use of of courage and and willpower to really look at it and say, "Wow, I'm walking around in a world that is founded on what amounts to a cult belief system that is has its fingers in every single part of my life. And it's really difficult to look at it, but it's, it, it, it's, it is, it's the seed of evil. That's the, that's how, that's how, you know, those, those disconnects in, in, in rationality and, in, in that severing from, from truth, from that, which is the simple, just the simple, you know, truth of a claim as that, as that expands and gets further and further away. And then, and it, as it takes, you know, takes shape with more, more people accepting it. it. It, it, it brings just absolute treachery to the world. This is not, you know, it's not just simply an abstract, um, you know, philosophical or ideological concept that, it, that doesn't bear any, any fruit. It bears some pretty, pretty poisonous fruit. And, um, and I'm not just saying that to be alarmist, but it's like recognizing this, this, you know, um, the process of steps, this order of operations that occurs with this, um, it really takes looking at, all of the things that uh, we've largely been, you know, indoctrinated and accepting and then supporting and then, and then being the fuel and then actually being the operators of it. So it's like, yes. it's a big thing. We are a lot of, a lot of people, we're still, we're the operators of it. We're giving it its fuel. And it's like, I'm not saying overnight, once you recognize this, get out and do it. It's like, <laughs> no, it's, but it, what it does, it, what it, it does take is this, this sustained willpower and first and foremost, recognizing that at its root, the belief is 
it's it's irreconcilable. You cannot rectify any of the claims of this of this institution within human society on on logical grounds at, at all or moral grounds. Oftentimes, people though, once they see that, then they're like, okay, well, what's the alternative? It really doesn't matter what the alternative is. Once you've come to come to a direct understanding that something is not true, it's not the immediate necessity to replace it with something just to mm -hmm. replace it. You don't need it. it, it, it it's going to take some figuring out, but what I would say it, as much as we know what we shouldn't do, we know what we can't do. So let's start there, you know? Yep. And they always present us with dialectics as well. You know, we got to choose the lesser of two evils, but those are the only two choices, right? Mm -hmm. Those are, those are, I, apparently we can only two, choose two choices. We either have uh, pure evil or even more pure evil, I guess, rather than stepping away from the system, you know, and saying, oh, they're both based in complete illogical nonsense and they're both immoral scum and trash and I shouldn't be aligning myself with them. So maybe we should step back away from this dead and decaying culture and system that they're trying to sell us and create something new, something that is in alignment with nature and harmony and, you know, that love-based consciousness, you know, because we, as um, internal monarchs, we are the rulers of ourselves. And so we need to learn to take responsibility and um, co-create our path. Absolutely. Sorry, I caught you mid-note there, didn't I? No, it's fine. Uh, it, um, yeah, no, it just that that really brings a big thought to mind is that like to build this, to build something that is that we have effectively removed a, a fatal error in, in the process of establishing. So once you've really noticed uh, this is not an option, we can't do that. Let's remove that as an option because we know now that it, uh, first of all, in practice, you've recognized well, the claim of 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 government in the state is that it will eradicate or reduce evil in the world and it will keep violence from happening. And this has never been demonstrated. There's never been a lack of violence because government is around and it's not ever been done because there's, oh, well, there just wasn't enough. So we made more. That's never, there's never been any correlation between that. I mean, there's, there's, it, it's, it, it exists within people's mind, but that it, it, it doesn't, it's not been demonstrable. Well, if we have government, then we're going to remove violence and all this stuff. So that's never happened. So as you establish something that's outside of this obviously and clearly faulty and ineffective claim, um, to once you've recognized that error and you begin building something new, it's it will take effort. Like anything, anything that you do is going to take effort. It's going to take effort and it's going to take sustain willpower. And if you haven't learned that in life, then you haven't been looking at anything. Anything worth attaining requires that. Now, I think a big issue that we have with looking at that is that there are so many people preaching the prosperity gospel right now. And, and I don't mean that literally like the Joel Osteens, but it's like, it's found its way into so many, you know, you know, like, you know, I mean, the Billy Grahams and the Joel Osteens, like people who pray, TD Jakes, the people who pray and you're going to get all you need. But there's like an element of that, that people are like, oh yeah, well, once you align with like your true purpose that like, then life should just, you know, this like self-help guru bullshit, mm -hmm. like kind of stuff. And I, I'm sorry to be crass about it, but it's like, 
It's like, oh no, you can like totally live a comfortable life like during the during the um, upheaval of society and like of the total collapse of all of the immoral madness, the spiritual like you know mud that we've that we've trudged up through this last you know millennia plus. Oh, you could just totally live like in your matrix and like live like totally like comfortable in it. And it's like, I, I, I don't think that that's the case. And, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not really even mad about that. Like, I'm not like, oh, well, I wanted to live a comfortable life and like be, it's like what, like to me, wisdom and, and meaning in life is it, it, what's the point of living comfortably if you're if you're ignoring the world burning outside of your outside of your cave you know like yeah. it, it, that sounds all well and good but it's like okay cool then you know it's it's like go then 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 leave the fight to the people who who care more about doing what's right than living a comfortable life and i see a lot of people who who say that they want freedom or that they say that they want to, I want to see a better world come about and, but are not willing to live a little bit uncomfortable for a while. And then, and then we'll say simultaneously, oh, well, it's not that I am, I'm not bad because I don't want to live uncomfortable. You have a, you have a, 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 a self-rejection. I, you have, you're living in the, in the self-rejection mode. You're living in scarcity mind. And I'm like, I'm not because I know that I have everything I need because the, you know, does the, does the, does the sparrow, does the, does the, do the fowls of the sky look for their meal the next day? No, they don't because they know that the creator will provide when you know that that is what is actually functioning and, uh, and, uh, and available within this, within this life. So no, I'm not afraid to, to secure comforts my, for myself specifically, um, because that's part of my goal. It's like, cool. Yeah. If, if I can live in a house with heat and it great, but if what I have to do in order to do the right thing is not, then fine. So be it. Um, and I think that that's a, that is a, that's a big deterrent from people looking at this kind of stuff and saying, well, this is not legitimate, but, uh, uh, but the comforts, the comforts, you know? And it's like, well, you know, shedding, the skin is not comfortable if you want to, if you want to get to the next, you know, the next phase of growth and you can't hold on to that. You're going to have to, you have to, you have to evolve past it. And if, if it's just something that I, I think is, it needs to be addressed because, and I'm not saying screw yourself over on purpose, but if you, th this idea is poisonous. It is a poisonous idea that, that you should be primarily focused on your, on your creature comforts while you're on it, this. This is a very, very longstanding and serious war on humanity. And it should be taken seriously. It's not, it is not just a, an ideological hiccup that's going on right now. So I just wholeheartedly think that that idea should be, should be assessed and really look at what, what is being said by saying what during what a lot of people will acknowledge is the largest psychological war that has ever occurred on the human species in human history, as far as we know it is occurring right now. And if, if, if prosperity in material sense is in any way a goal or like 
it, you should, the, your, your, your objectives and your priorities, I do, I really would encourage you to look at them and really see where your, where your priorities lie. Man, beautifully said. Seriously, that was awesome. And, and to be honest, dude, I've, I think about that, you know, I'm like, okay, if I start speaking, will I suffer financially? Possibly. I'm sure, you know, some of my clients are going to see what I'm saying and think I'm some kind of domestic terrorist because I've aligned myself with truth and reality, you know, but that I have care, you know, real care. Like that is, I care more about doing the right thing and helping not only myself evolve, but every everyone else that I can, you know, reach via doing this podcast or whatever. I, I want to help humanity evolve and get out of this situation. And man, I just I just think that like the affluence that we have in here in the West has crippled us, you know, because we're so we're so used to having, you know, DoorDash or, you know, food brought to your door and Netflix on to you know, dull your mind at night or whatever. And this has been, it's crippled us because we don't know what it's like to not have those things. You know, we don't know what it's like to be uncomfortable, to have to have to strive and work for your freedom or have to work for something at all for most people. You know what I mean? And so, you know, people that don't have that experience of having to fucking grind and, you know, actually work for something are more than happy to give away their freedoms for their comfort. You know, it's like, yeah, to take them, man, as long as I still got my Netflix, I can stay in this little cube or whatever and be happy. Then, you know, they're cool with that. They don't, they don't care about the bigger picture, you know, and, and, and also talks, um, talking about the new age stuff that you brought up, like, you know, I'm above all that, all that negative stuff. And, you know, that's not part of my reality. And it's like, it sure as hell is part of your reality, you know, whether you want to pretend like it's not there, whether you just want to ignore, um, you know, and live in ignorance, it still affects you. And, and, and just being an ignorance does not change the fact that this is happening. And just because you're looking at something that is negative and is evil does not mean that, um, you're lowering your consciousness down there. No, you're, you have your, you know, one foot grounded in reality and, you know, your consciousness can be at a higher level, but you have to have your, that feet on the ground spirituality, you know, you have to be grounded in, in what is, what is real. And if you just want to stay in la la land up there and say, that doesn't affect me. And it's like, you're, you're, you've bought the programming, you know, because we have to look at these negative things and then adjust accordingly. You know, if we want to be free, we have to look at the requirements it takes to be free, you know, and a lot of people, like we were just saying, don't want to look at the requirements because the requirements aren't fucking easy. You know, it means recognizing the evil that exists in the world and adjusting our actions accordingly, you know, and that might be extreme and it's definitely going to be extreme to people that are well-programmed and well-conditioned. They're going to be like, why are you acting like that? It's like, because if you if you want to live in a moral and um, peaceful society with freedom, then this is the steps we have to take to get there. And people look at those steps and they say, "No, that's not, that's not for me. I might lose, you know, I might lose my job, or I might, you know, be uncomfortable for a little bit." Like you were saying, mm-hmm. and that speaks to where you're at, Remy, and in your head, man, you are 
in that love-based consciousness because you don't care if you have to be uncomfortable for a little while to do the right thing. So, you know, that says a lot about you too. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I have to keep myself in check with. You know what I mean? Like, like, and it's, I have to take there's there's steps right now that I know I have to take that to further align with that stated goal. And I'm, you know, like, this isn't just like me pointing the finger and be like, you do, do this, you do this. It's like, this is, it, it's, I, if, if, if you hear me getting heated and saying all this, you know, onto the microphone, understand that that is, I directed at myself as I, with as much scrutiny, everything that I say, every single thing that I write, I go over and, and I scrutinize and I'm like, were you wrong? You were wrong. You were wrong. You're wrong. And I, I, I tear it to pieces to try to, to try to understand. And I, because I've done the, I've done the, you know, go with the flow thing. I did that for, you know, the first 20 years of my life with, with respect to, there were certain things of within this, you know, this school of thought that I was, I was already looking at, but I, I played the, I played the whole, let the world rule me game for a long time. And I just kept seeing just, just the destruction of any type of harmony in any structure occurring. And it was, it was a long set of steps that made me, that I kept looking at over and over again. And I said, well, this, you know, getting kind of trying to get down to the, really get to the, to the root of what was happening. And it, it, it is largely based in this. And it's, it's because I was not taking ownership of myself. And the more that I do that, the more harmony I experience. this. I mean, I can speak of, uh, from my own personal perspective. Does that mean that everything's perfect? No, not at all. Does that mean that I'm doing everything completely perfectly right? No, I'm like, it's, it's that I've recognized that that's what I'm, that's my goal. So I'm not going to stop, you know, three quarters of the way up and be like, well, I know that, you know, governments and, 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 you know, monetary systems and, and this stuff like that is, is, you know, it's all, it's all based in like really nonsense. But I mean, it's what we have. So I'm going to say, all right, well, I, I have to recognize if I'm going to be intellectually honest, I have to recognize that it bears no logical consistency, even if that's an uncomfortable thing to live with that understanding. And then starting to, you know, in my life, take the actions that match that. It's like, I, I, you know, I'm not going to make a list of all the things I need to do on, you know, live and recording, but it's like, it is so deeply, deeply important to recognize this concept of authority and where it lies. Uh, because it, people say this, but they don't really, um, and we, we all, we all do this. We say it, but we don't really realize the depth and the extremity of the implications of the, of the concept of self-ownership. Um, it comes down to even this, if, you know, these, if there's some type of situation that's going on right now that people um, willingly or were organized, you know, depending on your hypothesis of it, into doing that may cause a, a loss in our comforts of food. We may see a supply chain breakdown. If you guys get what I'm hinting at, I'm not trying to get all into that topic specifically, but if there's a, an action that was taken by an individual of their free will that has an effect on us, and now maybe we don't have food on the shelves for a while. Well, it's always been my responsibility to take care of my own, my own, um, you know, get myself in a, in a, in a good situation where I could take care of myself. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we have so heavily become reliant upon these external things. We don't, nobody, not nobody, but a very small percentage of humanity make, gets their own 
you know, their own resources, their own food and stuff. So it's like, we, it's, we're, we're so deeply disconnected from this. And this is actually a concept that I see um, within even some of the non-authoritarian or anarchist uh, minded thinkers is that there's this kind of clinging to, well, we can keep our economic system. We just get rid of the government, you know? And like, even the case against the state, he makes an argument for um, a monetary system without a state, which I actually disagree with. Um, because I think that's still just another externalization of, of trust. It's an externalization of, 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 of the ownership of your, of your emotions in a certain sense. And I think it plays on that, but it's such a deep, deep belief that we have really have a lot of work in, in addressing and really seeing how many areas of our life it has, has ruled and really misguided, misguided and misdirected us into going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've got, there's no doubt we've got a lot of unlearning to do and because it was all like i said it's it was all the uh part of the um software program that we were given uh upon birth really you know mm-hmm. we've got authorities and this is how we do it and we go like you said and go to the grocery store to get stuff and you know have to worry about it because it's always there and you know we've just we're reliant on systems that are largely controlled by the government authority and um and and yeah they've just uh, we've abdicated all that responsibility of taking care of ourselves from from you know not just like a consciousness perspective but also you know just basic human needs as well you know it's like we've um we've just become too childlike in that sense you know and and what's beautiful about you know as much as i hate what's going on what's beautiful about it is that it's forcing some people to recognize that um we we are living in this like slave state on Mm -hmm. in total dependency on government and systems like that and so it's forcing people to take another look at you know why am i you know why do i trust these people why do i um just believe that the food's going to be there you know that kind of thing it's like so in in that respect you know it's a it's a good thing because it's making people question, uh, you know, if only a little bit into only in our echo chamber, <laughs> um, it's at least making people question some things about, about the authorities because people that are being real are, are understanding that things that they're telling us are not adding up. You know, they, every week it's something new or, you know, they completely backtrack on what they said the week before. And then they call it science. It's because science is ever evolving and that's why we can change it uh, week to week, mm-hmm. <laughs> completely contradicting ourselves. And yeah. Yeah. So it is a beautiful thing in that respect. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's really, really, um, it's great to recognize that because there are there are a lot more people who are really they've kind of been alerted to the you know really apparent danger of of this of this system and they're like wow it's crazy it's like it's a lot of people are really kind of coming to and understanding like oh it is very similar to um a, a sort of form of slavery you know and that's why i'm this is why we're here making this and it's like it's not going to be perfect but what we're trying to say is okay once you've recognized that, really go to the core of it and realize that no part of it, no part of it is legitimate. So overall, I suggest do not look for solutions within 
within this axiom, within this paradigm, and not and don't look for answers within lesser versions of this paradigm as well. I think that there's utilitarian purpose in recognizing the intricacies that have been created by this global insane cult that has seized so many different forms of, of, you know, symbolism and ritual and, you know, these different, you know, essentially ritualistic, um, you know, uh, methods and then implement it as a religion there are don't look to the lesser versions of that it's gonna it, it will it will be it's important to recognize how what what they think they mean when they say things and what they think is real when they've established a certain ritual that they call like you know election or whatever um it's 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 important to understand what they think is legitimate but it's also important even more so important to recognize that none of it actually is legitimate and that net just because they say it's real doesn't make it real and playing by their rules may be short term beneficial not playing but using their little you know their little game against them but I, I just highly urge it because this is a lot of people, um, I think, are coming to a recognition of this, but there's a whole bunch of little detours. And um, I, I guess I'm lucky because I came face to face with a lot of these detours like five, six years ago. You know, I was, it was, in, or more, um, five to 10 years ago in, in some cases, you know, with like the new age stuff and then the, um, you know, like the, the, the common law contract stuff. I was, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of wrapped up in that stuff like five plus years ago. And then I kind of kept asking questions and, and, and then I realized now I'm like, okay, so that really isn't, it's not, that's not the, the solution. Like I get that there's, you know, it's really interesting to recognize, oh, there's just like a word game that they're playing, but don't, when you get so wrapped up into it, you start to think that their definitions are real and they're not. It's, it, it's, it's like learning. It's like, it's like if you like really, really wanted to understand how Sharia applied in the Middle East, or like you really, really wanted to understand how like, um, you know, the doctrines and covenants work within the church of Latter-day Saints. Um, and then you just, dug in so much that you started to kind of believe it a little bit. I think it's really important to kind of draw back and, and keep doing that, that repetitive process of, of input processing and output and, and really test it because while people are coming to this understanding um, in a general sense, I think being very precise about it is, is the most beneficial and will be the most effective recognizing that not only are all the little systems that come from this system like jumbled, chaotic, and completely erratic and nonsensical and ineffective and violent, but all the way down to its core, it is actually, that's the only way it could end up based off of the absurdity of the claims that established this, this, this cult, this religious belief system that we call the state and government. It, that's the only thing that could come from it. So of course, all of its little subsidiaries are going to basically be little gremlin versions of it, you know? Yep. Yeah. And it, it comes back to, uh, 
if our fundamental axioms are are not grounded in truth and nature and and reality, you know, everything, every offshoot of that is just going to be complete shit too, you know, despite what it looks like, um, you know, despite what kind of packaging they wrap it up for us as, you know, it's never going to be based in truth, um, or reality. So, um, yeah, man, is there, um, anything else we need to add to this or is there another place, you know, is there another place you want to go? Um, you know, I think, uh, just to sort of touch upon it and, and, and bring a highlight to the importance of this brand, we mentioned it real quickly, but I do want to, I do want to point this out. It's, it's something that I probably, it's probably the one topic, um, along with the general idea of, of, of government being illegitimate that I speak on that I probably get the most, like the most heat for is the concept of police and military um so when addressing this idea of government um we have we most of the time we're we're talking we've been talking about like the actual working parts the bureaucracy aspect of it right the the philosophical and and psychological aspect of it but now and then how they play upon the emotions but in action the largest the largest um step of activity in regards to this belief system is is done by this by these this branch primarily um in in being police and military which are essentially one one you know one thing but it's just that they're they're it's geographical the enforcement arm yeah it's the enforcement arm right and it's their geographical location is different you have the water ones and then you have the the ones that are on the ground over here and then you have the the ones that are here in the streets yeah, yeah in the streets right so this is where the actions of of this belief system find themselves being really uh manifested because you're not going to have any interaction with this concept of government both without really dealing with i mean in in the monetary system is largely you know is part of it but i think that that's more of like the emotional you know that's where that that's like the the proxy emotional and proxy uh you know fake spiritual aspect of it but the actual action part you're not really going to interact with with this entity and until you in, interact with one of these and then that's when it becomes very real and it becomes very um you know that's a, that's a thing that's actually now occurring in your life and and largely um you will physically be stopped whether you're going too fast a, according to you know them while they went the same speed as you in order to tell you that you were going too fast at that speed um or you were crossing a street where there was no painted lines you're going to be phys this is where the physical stopping is actually going to occur stop you owe the state money now mm -hmm. you know you're th that's this this these are the boots on the ground literally right this is the this is the this is the the actualization of this belief system these are the um, you know, these are the clergymen, these are the, uh, these are the actual, um, you know, members of, you know, of the organization that are, they're out, they're getting tithing, they're getting their tithes, you know, they're getting their, yeah. their, 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 you don't pay, if you don't pay the, the tax, then they're not going to, you know, who are they going to send? They're going to send somebody, one of one branch, whether it be DHS or FBI or whatever, you know, you're going to deal with what they call law enforcement. Um, and law enforcement is a, is a, 
is a philosophical absurdity. Um, it, because well, what laws are they enforcing, Remy? Exactly. Yeah, man's laws, the human yeah. laws, laws that people make up and they write down on paper and then everyone else around them that's dressed in the same, you know, funny clothes and the same black robes of Saturn. Uniform. Um, yeah, you, they're all in uniform. They've they've said, oh, these, you know, these divine You're all beings. the same, all yeah. Agent Smith. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this, these two, these two um, entities, uh, uh, this is very difficult again for people to recognize that their their purpose is not at all beneficial. It, it, there's no what people say. Oh well, this you know, every this guy might have stopped here, and it's like okay, in spite of the primary function of these institutions, there may be people who do good deeds on on you know marginal cases, but you don't really define a spoon as a thing that chops steak, even though you might be able to do that sometimes with it, right? It's <laughs> primary function is not to cut down a tree. Right. Even though maybe on a marginal case, somebody went crazy and they used a spoon to, it, it's weak analogy. It's not that great analogy, but <laughs> the idea is that well, what, 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 why I'm, what I'm pointing out is a thing is defined based off of its primary function and the primary function of law enforcement and military is to enforce the demands of lawmakers. That is the yep. primary function. Now, yep. the the hypothetical security um, that they offer security um, for an individual or for groups, that's hypothetical. Um, if you removed that function from the job, then it would still exist. If you remove the function of enforcing demands of politicians that are made up somewhere and written down on a piece of paper or a digital um, piece of paper, and then now called an enforceable so-called law. Um, if you remove that function, then it no longer becomes that. So then what, what, what is it? It's actual primary function. And obviously the primary function is that of, of, of acquiring um, compliance and resources and financial benefits from the subjects of the uh, of the ruling class you know and and that's not to say that these people can't be good human beings outside of the job you know what i mean but while they're in that job they're enforcing immoral laws you know that like you said they're just made up on a whim depending mm -hmm. depending on what these lawmakers want they're enforcing immoral laws on people and you know somehow that's virtuous you know what I mean? And, and they're sold, sold to that job is sold to us as virtuous. And, you know, if you were to approach the average person on the street and tell them anything that we're discussing right now, they'd immediately be offended. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the thin blue line. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it, they don't understand that it's all, it's all rooted in, to me, it's, it's largely rooted in immor immorality and moral relativism you know, and they want, they want to just be able to, they want to have, they want to enforce whatever laws they want. And then they're going to have the order followers come do that. And, you know, and it's not just part of the job, you know, because they create, let, let me put it this way. They, um, if I tell you, Remy, to go murder somebody and you pull the trigger, who's going to get the brunt of the karma, you know, me or you, I told you, but you pulled the trigger, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to own that. 
more than the person that told them to. And so that's how these people, these, that's how these people avoid the natural law consequences of our world because they have the military and police enforce these things because they're not actually pulling the trigger. They're not actually doing the action part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just simply, they're just simply using words, say, Hey, do this, you know, and the person saying, Hey, do this is not reaping the the bulk of that consequence in natural law because they know, again, they recognize natural law is in effect. They've just brilliantly use mind control to have other humans do their bidding, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what the military and police do um, as far as enforcing their ridiculous laws. Yeah. And um, it, it is, it is all, it is all based in, in an immoral, um, in an immoral interaction, every single one. So it's like now um, at the very least, it's coercion. Every single interaction you have with 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 a a so-called law enforcement officer, every every single one is coercion. I mean, unless you're just standing at you know a Seven Eleven, and then one walks up and you say, "Hey, what's up? Oh yeah, how's it going? Oh, I'm I'm good, cool." But that thought is still there because you think, "Damn, I better not slip up. I better not do something. Yeah. I better not," you know, because because the f- primary function of that person's job is to catch you doing illegal things and write you citations for it at the least. So it's like, okay, let's talk about maybe under the, 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 the circumstances of, of, a, of a, you know, a simple so-called crime uh, like jaywalking. You walk across the street, you see a, a dude wearing a uniform with a whole bunch of crazy symbols on it. And you're like, oh shit, he saw me walk across the street where there wasn't lines painted on it. And he walks up to you and he says, hey, I'm gonna have to write you a citation. Because you were, walk across the street in the part when there weren't painting lines on it. Check it out. I got these funny looking little symbols all over me. Take this piece of paper, right? And you're just like, well, that's crazy. Like, so it's like, first of all, the most people would be like, oh yeah, we well, broke the law. And it's like, okay, well, under prove to me that that is something that is 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 punishable because then it gets into it really you then you start to you have to peel up peel off the layers and realize, oh wait. So this person is essentially saying that it was morally reprehensible for me to walk across the street because I'm being punished for it. That means that I did some type of injustice. Well, what injustice did I do? Who was harmed? I wasn't harmed. And if I was, that's on me. But it's assumed that you've done something wrong because if you haven't done anything wrong, then why do you have to pay a fine for it? Why do you have to pay these people? Because they're assuming that they have the ability to create right and to create wrong and to modify it. So then if you don't, if you're like, oh, okay, well, this little thing here says, show up at this time and oh if i don't then i'm okay well i might get a warrant well i don't know this is absurd now this is where some of the people who are like more into the intricacies of the language and and like the the legal terminologies and all the different stuff will come in and be like oh well that's what you would do this and do this and do this and i get that there are different recourses that you can take that may elicit different responses from the state in some ways but fundamentally the core issue here is that they have no right to stop a human being walking across the street doing something that doesn't harm another being and then tell them they need to give them shit that they have otherwise be punished. That alone, it doesn't matter if, oh, well, when you respond, you've given them, you know what they say, you've given them joinder. Uh, that doesn't matter because they're still a human being who is subject to the laws of morality and they have no right. Now, they may continue in escalating 
that aggression towards the person by saying that, oh, well, if you don't show up, then we have a, a right to come and kidnap you. Oh, well, if you answer a certain way, then they do. No, you know, ne they never, you never have a right to be, you never, you never consent to being kidnapped because then it's not kidnapped. Then you're going to the mall with your friends in, in his funny car. You know what I mean? So, or you're going to a cool, you know, museum, whatever. It, th that's not kidnapping or in other words, arrest or detainment, whatever you want to call it. Right. I know there are different legal terms and they mean different, different specific things. But again, that's the, you know, that's the minutia of a, of a religious cult system is what that is. So the basic fundamental thing is that they're saying, well, I can come and take this person and throw them in a cage. And if you say, Hey, I, I disagree with you because I didn't hurt anybody. I was just crossing the street where there weren't painted lines and I wanted to get to this place faster. Well, it doesn't matter. This is what we say. Appeal to authority, right? It's just, it's just an illogical, it's a logical fallacy. And if it's illogical, that means it's wrong, which means it's untrue, which means that it is an immoral, an immoral dynamic. So it doesn't matter about all the, the justifications that they make in their little, you know, in their Bibles that they write and they call them, you know, law dictionaries and stuff like that. But um, I'm beating a dead horse with this. I realize it, but it's very important. Very, very important. <laughs> now, if you don't, if you, if they show up and you say, I don't know, I'm no, you're not warranted to take me into a cage by, you know, the actual fundamental laws of logic, um, the fundamental laws of morality the, and, and IE natural laws, right. You, my law to be unaggressed and, and un, untampered with in my own dwelling. Well, if you don't come with me, then you, I'm, I'm going to make you. Okay, well, then what happens then, right? It escalates. It could potentially escalate. So all you're doing, by the way, it, throughout this entire thing is being an individual who makes decisions that have not harmed anybody. And this is best case scenario, I realize. I'll give another scenario in a second. Um, you've done nothing. You've said, no, I'm not. I just crossed the street. When you show up, you're, yeah, you got a warrant. Well, no, I'm not going to go with you to this cage that I, I don't want to be in and that I've done nothing to deserve being in. Um, okay, well then we're going to come and take you. And if they fight you and they, if they try to take you away physically and you fight back, well, you've done something again, look at the self-defense laws. They all say that even if it's unlawful, um, and that, that's a, that's a big point to make. It says unlawful, which means that even if it's unlawful, this is for the, this is for the people who think that there's a distinction between lawful and legal. There is, but it's minutia. Um, well, it's, even if it's an unlawful arrest, you're not allowed to defend yourself according to these statutes and stuff like that. Right. So, oh, well, that's a person and not a man and woman. And I get it minutia, but they're going to, there's likely that they're if they're hopped up off enough caffeine and adrenaline that they're probably going to do it anyway regardless of what the magic papers say um so uh okay well then you fight back and they might hurt you and if you fight back enough then they will kill you or might kill you um so understand this is all based off of a very simple interaction and a simple claim and demand and that was that this person had a right to stop you from crossing the street same thing with a speeding ticket same thing with a seatbelt ticket same thing. It doesn't matter because what if they're, if they're in a bad mood? Well, qualified immunity, right? So um, it, now, even if you know they remove the qualified immunity aspect of it, well, it's still operating under this concept that this person has a right to stop you, which they don't in the first place. And that's best case scenario, right? A, a completely harmful act. Big question that I get asked in these debates and like, well, what about like people who are doing like actual immoral things like actual murder, actual assault, actual rape? actual theft. Okay. So a cop shows up to a house or to a fight. This person was fighting. This person runs up 
they called the cops. Oh, this person is running at this person or what it looks like. Oh, this is, oh, so the cop shoots the one that looks like he's the aggressor. Well, who knows? Like, well, how do they know what happened in that situation? And guess what? This happened recently with like a 16 year old girl. They didn't know who it was. Right. So you have an actual, um, like according to witnesses and an actual immoral situation that occurred that a third party brought themselves into armed, dangerous, and hopped up on Mountain Dew and then ended up, ended up making an uninformed decision that caused more harm. And that's just one scenario. Okay, well, let's just break it down to its basic dynamics. Then you have a conflict between two people. The state steps in and it becomes a, another, another party that is now claiming, you know, the ability to uh, objectively and unbiasedly, um, you know, inter, uh, be an intermediary between the situation, but there's expenses. And who gets those expenses for that, you know, court case that goes on? The state gets those expenses. You have to pay the state. Worst case scenario, you know, the way it is right now. And I know that there's people say, oh, if you do it right, you don't ever have to go. I get, I understand that there's, you know, minutia there. But overall, it's still some group of people claiming that you have to come here and then you have, and we have to benefit from it. So this, this model, even under the circumstance that there's actual legitimate injustice occurred, this third party then steps in using the threat of authority and the threat of, 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 well, if you have to both follow our laws and our rules that we made up and said that you have to follow and you have, and you all have to pay fees for being here to prove that, that one of you is guilty and one of you is innocent. So even then the primary function, and then, you know, the, the police went to take them and find them and stuff is they're still taking money from the people who are involved in this conflict. So, Overall, it's just more mess. It doesn't solve anything. It's just more variables and it's very ineffective and it has proven to be ineffective. The best thing to do is for people who are involved to deal with the conflicts themselves. That's that. So now that goes back to that self-ownership thing. So this is a, this is a big, you know, a, a, a big question. And that's, that's my answer to that big question. That's been, I know it's a big long rant with that one, but, um, that is, those are the two common scenarios that are brought up as a justification for these, uh, these institutions. Yeah. And it's essentially them trying to force morality to, you know, it's like that rather than try and treat it at the root causal factor, uh, root causal level of, you know, actually trying to raise uh, moral human beings, they just try and again, band-aid culture, slap a band-aid on it and um, uh, treat it, try to force people into compliance, you know, out of fear because people are, you know, they'd rather, they'd rather have uh, a culture of chaos where people um, let people obey out of fear rather than people obeying true natural law because they elevate their consciousness in harmony with it, you know, because then those people can't be controlled. They'd figure out the fucking game they have going. And um, ultimately they wouldn't have chaos and they wouldn't have a reason to exist if, if we all got the, you know, the big picture. And so that's uh, they're never going to get down to the root causal level. It'll always be this chaos bandaid culture. And then, and we'll only devolve more into this uh, chaotic society by going this route. And so uh, the, the only the only solution is to pull the band-aid off and get back to basics to me you know and um just 
getting rid of um, these nonsensical ideas that we're going to force um, force people to be moral beings because it's never going to happen, you know, because that comes from, like I said, it comes from a fear-based consciousness mm-hmm. and we're never going to evolve as human beings or as a society in that fear-based state. Absolutely. And, and yeah, you brought up a really good point that um, all of these like so-called solutions are always just like, oh, well, how do we deal with the problem when it's already a problem? Yeah. Like, and that's, it, it's, it's, it's like you never, and this is actually pretty common within even like um, a lot of the, um, you know, anarchist literature is that does spend a lot of time on, oh, well, how will we deal with the conflict when the conflict already occurs? It's like, and, and conflicts will always occur. So it's not like we're like, oh, it will be a perfect world. No, it, but it, if this state of society and humanity has been able to manifest, um, it is, it has been largely because there has been a curriculum guiding it to this, you know? So if, if the overall average curriculum is garbage, which it has been and and fundamentally broken, then it's going to end up this way, but uh, uh, getting to the root of it again, going to that level of mental and, and then saying, okay, well then how do we even, how do we minimize conflict? Well, we have to get to the level of thinking and consciousness, right? If, 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 if it's through a, if it's through ignorance that a problem was through created, it's not through ignorance that it will be solved. So this constant resorting to, you know, um, r- remedy instead of, instead of um, actually getting to the, the, the root you know the the real heart of it then yeah it's just gonna it'll just it's just be repetitive over and over again yeah that's why i can't get down with that i can't get down with the common law stuff because it doesn't address the root causal factor all Mm -hmm. it does is try and play within the system that's already a fucked up system anyways it's like it's like i get that we're trying to you know peel back the corruption of it all but it's still you know to, it's not addressing the bigger problems we're facing in humanity. So if we, if this is what we're going to focus our energy on, it's not going to get us where we want to be, you know, just by, just by saying I'm now a, you know, whatever terminal legal terminology makes me a free being now, you know, yeah. and I assert those rights by sending in some paperwork to me, that's not doing, that's not doing the great work. That's not, um, fulfilling your personal responsibility, fulfilling personal responsibility to me is elevating your consciousness and elevating others consciousness to a level where we realize these systems are not needed. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we, uh, we abide by natural law and, and these things naturally, not because we fear them, but because it's something that just happens naturally within us. Yeah. It's, it's recognizing that that's where your, your, your harmony will be achieved internally is also, you know, is, is, is recognizing that pattern within yourself and and acting and acting it out and, you know, really doing it. And it's like, yeah, I completely agree, man. And like, it's like, I, it's like, I understand all of the different details of, of a lot of these people's, you know, different, I wouldn't say people's, a lot of these different ideological approaches. It's just that the conclusion isn't really consistent with the, with the details that led to that conclusion, you know, it's like, oh, all these different things are, you know, whether it be people who are like, yeah, we want freedom and we want a peaceful civilization, but you know, the, the ones who are keeping us in a peaceful civilization are the police. It's like, 
that that conclusion is just it, reassess it. It doesn't it it doesn't check out, you know. And then and then yeah, with like the whole you know taking it from the level of 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 so called law or common law, you know, and uh, you know this idea of practical enforceable you know paper and and demand and language stuff. It, yeah, it's not really getting to that. It's not really getting to the core of, in the the heart of the issue. Um, and all you, you have to take ownership of yourself. And then one thing that's a, a part of that responsibility is once you recognizing it, speaking it as well, because you, one thing that you have one thing that whoops, that we should recognize from this whole thing. There's one thing that we could really take from it is that we can't make anybody do anything. That's the whole, that's, you can't make anybody do anything in it, any actual way. And you can't, by way of the boundaries of, of, of logic and of, of, you know, um, moral responsibility, you can't make anybody do anything, but what you can do is take ownership of yourself and then use your voice because you, you're, you do have a right to speak the things that you recognize and that you have, you know, gleaned from your, uh, you know, your learning process. And by learning that and constantly refining it, speaking it with conviction once you've and 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 the the more closely aligned with the truth you are um and the more that you put you know scrutiny on your own thoughts and your own emotions and actions and you constantly do that and then speaking it you are within your right to speak it so the closer you are to correct and true and the more that you speak it out and and act in accordance with it then then the more likely you are to well first of all you're for you're fulfilling uh, an, an obligation of of having this information once you've come to understand it, you can't hide it because it's a solution. And if you are holding us withholding a solution that is legitimate, then you are, in a sense, leading to you're you're not allowing informed consent of other people's beings on a philosophical level with philosophies and ideologies that you've recognized. So if it's something that you've recognized as a truth, not just you think or feel, but you have recognized that to the best of your abilities as a thinking individual recognize that all the other options are are invalid and this one must be therefore the truth then you ha- then it's your it's your responsibility to speak that and you're f- so you're fulfilling that obligation but you're also making it possible for other people to find a way to come to that conclusion that will be more beneficial to the actions that they take and the understandings that they take in because other people have helped helped me do that. They didn't do it for me, but by me watching them and being able to create and understand through analogy, which is a big way that we learn, analogy and parable, it's a huge way that we learn as a, as a, as a species. By recognizing that analogy play out in real life by people living in accordance and then also being able to recognize when there's discrepancy. That's an important aspect of it. But seeing it play out in real time, you are then doing what you can do. You're taking authority of yourself and then you're using it in the way that that is in, that's in harmony with the boundaries that you have as an existing being. You're living your life in that way and you're speaking truthfully and you're not in contradiction, which means contra meaning against and dictary speech, right? To speak or to speak. So to, you're not living opposite to how you speak. That's an important, um, you know, representation and display of your willpower and your, responsibility as an, as a living being. So living consistently with that 
and then it's not just you in this. This is a law of one. We're all here together and we're all, we're all making this happen. There's no, there's no groups. There's just all things. And then there's just the individual. Um, yeah. And I think that that, that's a large, largely what I'm trying to sum up in regards to this. Yeah. You know, I totally agree with you, man. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's just, it's a moral thing and that's what true wisdom is, is taking the knowledge that you've come to understand and applying it, you know, and, and taking action with it. And whenever you've come to an understanding of, um, some, you know, occulted information, hidden information and, um, something that can potentially alter the, uh, the future of humanity if used in the correct way um it becomes a moral obligation to speak those things you know and to get that information out there because as we know all all starts in the mind and if you can plant those seeds um in enough minds then we can redirect the future of humanity possibly you know and and at this point it's it's we have to try you know, because mm-hmm. it's looking dark out there and we, we have to try. This is the least we can do is um, let our voice um, land on the ears of people that are willing to listen. And I, I think it'll probably reach the right ears. I think that's probably how this works. You know, we'll speak it and it'll hopefully land on the right ears at the right time. So. Yeah. That's all I can, that's all I can hope for. Yeah. And yeah. Um, for anybody that listened through and got through this far, like, uh, you know, and this is advice for myself as, as much as it is for anybody else, you know, let's, it's, it's very important to, once you recognize that, you know, that recognition of goodness, that, that exists within, within you, within your spirit and within the world, and that you want to manifest that this goodness, this peace, um, just live as, as much as you can and, and, in harmony with that and stay, take the steps to, to keep, you know, keep making your actions consistent with that, with your, with what kind of, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, work you do and what, you know, you know, your, your livelihood, how you get that, making it more, more in align with what, what you recognize once, once you start to recognize that, Oh shoot, there's actually a distinction between good and evil. And then once you recognize I'm working for one of these institutions, then if you are a good being, if you are a person who does maintain ownership of your soul, get out, get out of that, that, that institution, get out of that profession. Um, and understanding that that means that there may be some short-term repercussions from that. Yes. But doing, if you, if you, if you consider yourself a, a moral being, follow along with it. I, I, I recommend you. I, this is something that I'm facing myself. I, I have to do the same thing. I have to do the same thing. There's a, you know, it's, it's I, so I, 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 I I'm going to do this. I'm doing this myself. I've already, um, you know, I've already put the steps forward to doing this and, and I encourage other people to, to do, to do that with me because, um, it's, it's very, very important. Um, because, you know, is it a comment that, that, that Chad made? And it's something I did want to touch on just real quick before we sign out. Um, if, you know, there are people in these institutions and people have been like, but I know somebody who's in these institutions. And I'm, I'm referring to specifically the enforcement branches um, right now, or in any of them, even the bureaucratic aspects, because every machine needs its cogs and its wheels and its gears, right? Don't be that cog. Don't be that gear. Don't be that wheel. Don't, you know, and it, it 
if if you are uh you know they people will say i know somebody who's who's in this and they're a good person it's like okay they may retain certain characters but that means that they're going against what they are fundamentally by being involved with these things and if they truly are that way essentially um they are they're canceling it out by being involved with this and 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 anybody who's doing that to to an extent is canceling out um what is they're acting they're acting in contradiction to themselves it cannot they're, be in unity consciousness exactly yes you cannot can't be, be you can't be in unity consciousness and i know as much i know as well as anybody else so calling myself out here too so again um that's something that i highly encourage people to do because i've had a lot of debates about this and it's i think it gets taken because i use very strong words and images and and statements about this concept it it gets construed as some type of malicious intent and it's not what it is at all it's not what it is at all i don't want people going against their own souls and tarnishing their own souls for the sake of a paycheck for the sake of a belief in honor that is not represented in the actual functions of the institution that they think represent that honor if there is honor if there is goodness and there is this actual um you know underlying you know ostensible cause realize that these institutions are absolutely antithetical to that and be that hero that you that you think you're being and and question these belief systems and and stay true to the heart of that not the letter of it amen dude well said i think that's a good place to wrap it up too yeah, unless man. you got something else you want to finish on no man that's it yeah yeah authority the big the big bad <laughs> the big bad thing that that is really really making this whole train move right now yeah no i agree and and i think that's uh it was a long one but i think it was um i think it was hopefully well enough um laid out that people could at least start to question um some some things and some some struct some hierarchical structures or whatever you know that um we've been given as dogmatic authorities our whole lives and you know and and again it's not like trust us as the authority it's like we're just here to present ideas and then you ultimately use your discernment and come to your own conclusions you know we're not the authorities we're not perfected beings by any means you know we're constantly working on ourselves to be in unity consciousness and in the within the frequency of truth and so you know it's struggle for me just as much as it is anybody else but um and back out um information to to help as much as we can absolutely yep yeah so um with that being said yeah we'll uh we'll reconvene pretty soon we'll we'll, we'll link up again everyone and uh you know, uh, as always, I, I, you know, I'm always open to questions and rebuttals and all of that. Um, it's, it's highly encouraged. Uh, so send, you know, send an email, um, if you want, um, a message, if, if you're hearing this, you've probably, we've probably potentially talked or, you know, we've been in contact somehow, send me a message, you know, I, I really add into Remy's DMs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to you know again this is this is just all, all of this we're never gonna it's never gonna be wrapped up by the end of any of these I, uh, you know any of these shows so but for now we are wrapping up so um, you know send us some messages and if you, you know let's we'll continue this conversation and we'll be back again with some more stuff peace thank you